0: Welcome to our channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today, we believe that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. Turn to the person next to you, look at them and tell them, the sound of grace is going to be beautiful. This is a new series that we are starting. Go with me to um, Ephesians Chapter Two. Just just have Ephesians chapter two open in your Bible, and we are going to uh, read a couple of verses from that. And uh, the reason that we are starting this new series is because as we get ready to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, I believe that God wants to teach to us the true meaning and the power of God's grace in our life. Some have underestimated grace and some have hyped grace into something that is not. So as we spend the next four Sundays, including Good Friday, it'll be five, we will unpack what grace is like, the character of grace, what grace would do in our life if we really tap into it, and what does it look like when we live in and under the grace of God, amen? And if you are here this morning, it's because of the grace of God. If you've accepted Jesus, it's because of the grace of God, amen? There was a man who was born in 1725, his name is John, and and he struggled massively with his personal life. In the early 20s, he worked in a slave ship. He was the worst of the worst. He was a great blasphemer, actually. He kept claiming and telling people that God did not exist, and if he existed, he's not a good God. And he always complained about God to everybody. He did not have anything good to say about God. In his early 20s, he lived a life that was immoral, hated by others, he was cussed by other sailors, he was a raging drunkard, and even the captain of the ship did not like him, that he wanted him to be thrown out of the boat sometime. He created new words, not good ones. He came up with new, you know, derogatory, debauchery, verbal abuse that exceeded the limit of people. <laughs> and uh, he was the one who was so hated by everybody. Once he was so disobedient, once he was so misbehaved that the captain decided him to strip him naked and flogged them with, three, with uh, dozens of flashes on his body in front of 350 men who was on board in that ship. He was publicly abused, he was publicly punished and yet nothing changed. Once a big storm blew the ship All his friends were killed and he found himself alive and as he made it alive, he started wondering why he was alive. One day, a person walked to him and said, there is actually a God, the God who you are cursing, the God who you are actually questioning, the God who who you actually use bad words on. That God actually loves you. And he gave him the Bible. He started reading the Bible. And the word of God started changing him. Every time he read the Bible, all the bad words that he had in his mind started being replaced with the word of God. The more and more he read the word, the more and more he understood that there was a God out there who was loving and much more gracious than he imagined to be. He did not experience grace from his fellow sailors. He did not experience grace in his life before because of the way he behaved. But the moment he started reading God's word, he started experiencing grace. One Easter weekend in the year 1772, God spoke to him. And he started to pen down some words. And these words were the sound of grace in his life. And it sounded like this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I see was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear The hour I first believed These were the words of a drunkard who was stripped naked In front of 350 men who was given dozens of lashes because of his lifestyle, because of his derogatory words, because of how he spoke to people and how much people hated him. But out of that man came the words, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Welcome to this series, The Sound of Grace. As we start this series, what we're going to do is, we're going to look at three hymns. Today, I taught you, I gave you a little bit of story about Amazing Grace and how it was written by John Newton and his story and for the next three to four Sundays we're gonna look at a few more hymns and as you watch the trailer all those four hymns were there that was beautifully composed and played by Sam and we're gonna learn the story and we're also going to learn the theology behind those songs what does it look like to live under amazing grace why is it so amazing why is it so important to understand this see When I was preparing for this, I never felt more inadequate in my life to talk about this. Because God's amazing grace is so vast and the way it touches people's life, you can just cannot measure it or expect it or you cannot just, you know, kind of predict the way the grace of God can work in a person's life. You just cannot predict it. If you look at this man's life and the kind of life that he was living, John Newton, and for him to pen down these words in 1772 on an Easter weekend, it does not make sense. The people who are alive with him, if they were alive when he wrote these words, they would not believe that John Newton wrote this beautiful hymn. Because that's the kind of lifestyle he lived, that's the kind of the way he spoke today we are going to look into Ephesians chapter 2 who's also a man that is it's written by Paul who's also a man like John Newton because nobody would believe if they had met Paul in his old life who was Saul and the one who persecuted the church is now the one who is building the church The one who stood against God is now the one who is standing for God and God's people because he heard the sound of grace. Because there was something that was spoken into his life in such a way that he just couldn't live the same way that he used to live before. God is speaking to you this morning, And there is a sound coming into your life, a sound of grace that is coming into you. And probably God has already spoken to you. Maybe he wants to remind you this morning that grace of God is available to you. Is available to you. As for you, Ephesians 2.1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. As were you, you were dead dead in your transgressions. Ephesians 2.3 All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our own flesh, following our own desires and thoughts like the rest. We were, by nature, deserving the wrath. We were, by nature, deserving the wrath. You were dead in your transgressions. I just want to remind you of a simple gospel this morning. Let me tell you something. We all have this you were moment. The Sam that is preaching in front of you was not the same Sam, even 15 years back or even five years back. I had a history. Turn to the person, look at, look at them and tell them, I, there is a history. I might not know it. God knows it. Why are you all saying it like threatening them? <laughs> Newcomers, don't get alarmed. We have no clue. You wear once something. But the grace of God. You were once into something, but God shifted you. How many of you are thanking God this morning that you are not where you were? You are not who you used to be. Amen? Amen. Can you just lift both your hands up to heaven and say, Oh God, I am so thankful. That I am not where I used to be I am not where who I was and I'm so thankful for touching me I am so thankful for changing me I'm so thankful for meeting me I am so thankful for speaking to me in Jesus name you see we lived a life where we did not realize we were broken, shattered, wretched. Complete, total wreck of our lives. And as I keep singing that song, Amazing Grace, it just reminds me sometimes to look back. I once was lost. and I thank God that's in the past. Amen. I'm so thankful to God that's in the past is my present bed of roses no it's not do i not have any challenges today no i do have challenges am i fearful about the future yes i'm anxious and fearful about the future but one thing that i am sure about that i am not lost anymore one thing that i'm sure about is that i am not blind anymore I was lost before in my own blindedness in my own nature in my own thinking in my own privileges in my own understanding and things that I prioritized in my life before was not of God and I thought those people and my family background my education is my everything but even if I had everything I was lost on the inside but that's not who I am today maybe if you're sitting here this morning And if you feel lost, maybe in your life you still feel like you are lost. I have good news for you. The sound of grace is coming to you. And that sound of grace is none other than Jesus. And he says that he loves you. He says that he cares for you. He says that he knows your sins and he still loves you. And he says that he is here for you. And not against you. And he says that he is ready to do great things in your life. If you only yield into the sound of grace. Until you see yourself as a sinner. You won't see the need for a savior. Let me say that again. Until you see yourself as a sinner. You won't see the need for a savior. I once was, and I did not see the need for a savior in my life. I once was lost, and I did not think that anybody would come out and save me. I once was broken. I never thought someone would come and restore my life. I once was shattered. I never thought someone would come and heal me. But Jesus did. If you are touched by Jesus, can you say a louder amen? Jesus came to save not just the physically dead, but also the spiritually dead. He came to save the people who are wicked, He came to save the people who are wrecked in their life. He came for the ones who are in desperate need for the grace of God. You are a sinner but God, but God. It was beautiful to hear the testimony of Pastor David as he was sharing that he started speaking to a lot of Christians, right? And he was speaking to a lot of Christians who were still living in sin and did not understand the power of grace and did not understand that, that God can actually totally restore them. They were still bound by that. And many times we are preached the gospel of fear and not the gospel of love. Many times we came into Jesus because uh, if you don't accept Jesus, you'll go to hell. And, and, And you thought following Jesus is an escape card from hell. But actually, the gospel is not talking about an escape card from hell. It's talking about uh, an invitation where you can come in and experience the true love of God. Gospel is not a fear gospel. It's a gospel of love. It's a gospel of grace. And this gospel, when you hear it, you realize you are a sinner but you don't live in guilt, you live under the grace of God. Amen. Both words start in G. And we are so easily trapped and constantly, and we think that if I'm reminded about my sin, that I feel guilty, Then every time I feel guilty, I can cry and ask God for repentance, and every time I cry and ask God for repentance, that's when God is close to me. Many people believe in this and we keep reminding ourselves of our sin, and we keep going back into the trap of guilt, and as we go back into the trap of guilt, you start crying for your sins, you keep asking God for forgiveness, and God is looking at us and going, what's going on? I've already forgiven you. Because this is is not, you know, you cannot follow Jesus in a religious way. You gotta follow him with relationship, he's your father. If you realize your sin, that's enough for him because he has already forgiven you and the grace of God will come over your life. Now grace of God is not a license for you to keep sinning. Grace of God is you experiencing the love of God so much that you, can't, you don't even have time to think about temptations. You don't even have time to think about sin because you're so immersed in the love of God that sin will decide to leave you. You don't have to decide to give up on sin. My goodness, this person loved God so much that sin will give up on you. Sin will have to leave you because that is the power of love and that is the power of grace in your life. You have authority to speak against sin. You have authority to speak against the temptation that comes into your life. You have authority through God's love to stand against and rebuke everything that is coming to take you away from God. You see, we once were, but we are not there anymore. Because we have a God who shifted the journey of our life just how John Newton, he had an absolute transformation moment. God can bring the same transformation moment into your life as well. You see, Paul, he was also a man who persecuted the church. He was also blind. Sometimes I go to think, did Paul write the song Amazing Grace? Because it sounds to me like the story of Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was blind. God took him to Ananias. Ananias lay hands on him. And Ananias speaks to him says, God has chosen you to serve him. And and that scenario is one of the most powerful things because at that time, Paul was still Saul and he was still persecuting the church. And God's calling went into a man while he was in the action of persecuting the church. While he was still, you know, against the church, against God's people, God's calling went into his life. Ephesians 2, verse 4. This is where the turning point Paul is writing. But God, everybody say, but God. God. So So rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. Amen. Amen? I once were like this, and while I was still against God, God did not have an attitude with me saying that, oh, how, how, what a messy guy you are. I'm going to strike you. I'm going to punch you down. I'm going to guilt trip you. And you are going to be in hell for the rest of your life. You are, that's it. I have, I have mocked you. God did not say that. While he was still in action against God, Paul says, But God, so rich in mercy. And because he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, even though spiritually you are weak because of your sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Jesus is the Lamb of God. And he sacrificed himself for our sins. If you are looking for a sign for you to accept Jesus, there's no better sign than Jesus who died on the cross for you and gave his life for you. There's no better sign than that. Three days of blindness, Paul, his eyes was open. Three days of Jesus being in the tomb, Came out as our resurrected king. There is something about the third day. There is something about the third day. Look at the person next to you, look at them, and tell them there's something about the third day. Don't be anxious. Tell them, don't be anxious. Wait for your third day. The future is bright, the future is glorious. The future is beautiful in Jesus' name. It's beautiful. God is going to do something amazing in your life. You see, in verse 4 and 5, because God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead, but God gave us life. Verse 8, He goes to write, for it is by grace you have been saved. If you start underlining some of the words in this passage, you will get the song Amazing Grace out of this. That's why I go to think, who wrote this song? Is it John Newton or is it Paul? But really, it's, it's through the grace of God. It's about the grace, it's about Jesus. Grace is not a feeling, grace is not an emotion. It's a person that we follow, and he is Jesus. And he says, for it is by grace you have been saved, not through works, through faith. And this is, this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God and not by works, so that no one can boast. No one can boast about your salvation. No one can boast about the life that you have in Christ Jesus no one can boast about your blessing and including yourself you cannot boast about your own life because it is by the grace I am saved through faith it takes faith for us to live I was sitting with uh, brother David in the cafe the other day and we were talking and and he was almost talking about the sermon that I was about to preach I had prepared the sermon on Monday and we were having a conversation on Thursday, is that right? Thursday or Friday and he was talking about how people are so trapped into this guilt and constantly going through those emotions when the grace of God is available to them and it takes faith for them to live a sinless life. It takes faith for them to follow the one who is righteous. And to me as he was talking and and we were enjoying a lovely meal together in Upper Room Cafe and as we were doing that it was a confirmation that, that this is God's word for you this Sunday. That it is God giving to you and telling you and God reminding you that you need faith and you can't do this Christian life by your own efforts, by your own strength, but it takes faith for you to stand up. It takes faith for you to understand that the grace of God is available to you. Many times we fall into the guilt trip. Yes, you were once sinner, but now you are saved, and you're living by and under the grace of God. You can get back up, And you can stand under the grace of God in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Therefore, come to the throne of grace with confidence. It doesn't say, come to the throne of grace with guilt. It doesn't say, come to the throne of grace with fear. It does not say, come to the throne of grace with trembling. It says, come to the throne of grace with confidence. Now, your confidence does not come from who you are your confidence comes from what he has done for you already. Amen. Which means that as you enter into the uh, throne of grace, you know, government of India has given you an ID card, another card, and everybody looks terrible in this card. Everybody. Sometimes when you don't worship God joyfully, this is how you look. Now you know what we go through. When we are leading worship and we keep telling you, smile, worship God joyfully. You know why? Because you look like how you look in your other card. And you don't like how you look in your other card, do you? We don't either. So please, smile when you worship God. (laughs) Oh man. Did I do a favor for the worship leaders? Okay. Okay. And and, and if you try to use this card in an ATM, it won't work. Because that's not what it's for. Don't look at me. I look like a terrible person, terrorist almost. If you use this card and go to Reliance and tell them, swipe it, They will swipe this on your face with it because it has no access. There's limits on this card. In fact, I don't even know what this card does, but we are asked to put it in every single thing. I think it's kind of an ID card. It's kind of something that represents that you are from this country and that you are a citizen of this country. It's kind of like a passport, but not really a passport. You can fly within the country with this You can't fly outside the country with this. It has its own limitations. But when God says, come to the throne of grace with confidence, you don't have to pull out your own ID card. That's the difference. The reason you access the presence of God, the reason that you can access the throne room of God, the reason that you can access the grace of God, the love of God is because there is another beautiful Kingdom Aadhaar card that is placed for you. In that, it's not your picture. In fact, in that, it's not even your name. But that card is yours. In that, it has a beautiful picture of love that no mankind can ever give to another person in that there's a beautiful picture it's not like our other picture it's a beautiful picture of grace in that ID card there's a beautiful picture of the person of grace himself that is Jesus because he is our representative and on the name that is above every other name You know, here it says, Sam Ellis, and I turn around, son of Ellis William. But in that card, where you can access unlimited presence of God, in that card, it says, Sam Ellis, son of Jesus Christ. You have no idea how powerful that is. You can have hundreds of cards that you can carry, You can have hundreds of influential people saved on your mobile phone. You could even have the President of America, Jasper, on your phone. A Google picture. Or his personal phone number. It all has limits. All of that stops right here on Earth. But when you step into the heavenly realm, when you step into the kingdom, everything fails. All those things will say no access, beep beep, no access. You can say, oh, I lived for you, Jesus. I did everything for you. I attended church, look at the attendance list. They scanned me every time I came into church. I can even tell the temperature of my body when I came to church I did all this for you God I built churches I supported so many missionaries I did so much I did so much I did so much and if you go to the presence of God with saying I did so much God God will swipe it and go no access because you can't access something unlimited with your limited lifestyle. You cannot access something so unlimited and so beautiful with your limited mindset. Because what God has is unlimited. What God has and the kind of love He has is agape love, not filial. It's the love that is unconditional. So when you walk into the presence of God, all you need to say, Lord, here I am. Your child. I'm here because of not who I am. I'm here not because of what I have done. I'm not here because I supported 100 missionaries and built 1000 churches. I'm not here because, you know, I have done so many good deeds and great deeds. All those things are irrelevant because the grace of God is higher and precious so anything that we do is because of what he has done for us can you stand to your feet church and I hope the Holy Spirit is leading us into a realization this morning if you have been following Jesus religiously today is your day to stop doing that because we don't follow a religious God We follow a God who wants to have a real, tangible relationship with you. If you're still going through guilt in your life because of your past or because of what you have done, this is the last day, mark it, March 27th, 2022. is the last day that you will be in the trap of your guilt. And today God is giving you an invitation. Not a word of condemnation but a beautiful invitation for you to move from guilt to grace he wants you to shift from guilt to grace instead of saying oh i messed up i need to hide from my father you will now say oh i messed up i need to go to my heavenly father you see that's what adam and eve did when the devil trapped them into sin they fell into guilt And God had given everything beautiful for them to enjoy. And His grace was just right in front of them. The moment guilt came, they started hiding. And when the voice of the Lord came to them, when God spoke to them, He said, Come out, why are you hiding? And they said, Because we have sinned. Because we have sinned. But now you have the cross. Now you have God. God the son of the living God who stepped down from heaven to earth and he came for us. You don't have to hide anymore. You walk into the throne room of grace and you walk in confidence. But the confidence is that God, yes, I messed up, but Lord, help me to understand you more so that I will not mess up again. Help me to have a true and a living relationship with you more. Help me to experience your love more so that i can understand you and live under your grace god loves you god is not far from you like you think you, he is he's right next to you if you can only allow the grace of god to work in your life the woman who was caught in adultery everybody wanted to stone her but the grace of god changed her the father who had two sons one was a wayward son prodigal son and the other was living in self-righteousness and God's grace came to them there was a sinner on the cross right next to Jesus who saw the grace of God in the last moment of his life and he walked into a living relationship with him you were once but God now You're living by grace. You were once a sinner, but a Savior came. And because a Savior came, you are now living by grace.